0: This is Music Ed Amplified. Hello, music teachers. What is going on with you? Me? Well, I'm exhausted. My voice is not doing great. The kids seem to be in a bit of a downward spiral. And I'm just waiting for my ever-looming, unannounced observation to take place any day. But I know it could be worse. I could have two unannounced observations. See, look at me. What an optimist. How are you doing? Have you gotten into your groove now that school's been in session for a while? Probably only to be knocked for a loop sometime this month as Thanksgiving approaches, which can only mean that December is around the corner so that things will really ratchet up. Oi, I'm depressing myself you doing an in-person concert in January or this December? Are you doing some kind of virtual performance? Are you just skipping them all together because of COVID? Well, regardless, I know there is so much going on. So I am truly thankful that you've stopped by to spend some time here on the Music Ed Amplified podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to be a music teacher and all the ups and downs of this life and also a place where I try to share as honestly as I can about my own journey to become an anti-racist, anti-bias, anti-ableist human being and educator. I am incredibly excited to introduce you to today's podcast guest, Austin Martin, who is the founder and CEO of Rhymes with Reason. This online interactive educational platform lets students study vocabulary words through, wait for it, hip-hop lyrics using audio clips, games, and quizzes so that kids can decipher word meanings through context clues. If only they had such a thing for algebra, my high school years could have been so much less painful. But I digress. Hip-hop lyrics, as Austin said in a 2019 lecture he gave at Brown University, a link to which I will share on this episode page, are the great equalizer that basically cover all socioeconomic, cultural, and racial backgrounds and can help to distribute literacy equitably. In 2014 at Brown University, Austin Martin founded Rhymes with Reason after he discovered that 67 of the top 100 words on the SAT were detectable in recognizable hip-hop lyrics. Since 2017, Rhymes with Reason has been used in over 150 schools and education programs across the U.S. and has been covered by Bloomberg, NPR, Education Post, Revolt TV, Huffington Post, and other media outlets. Rhymes with Reason has also collaborated with Chance the Rapper's Social Works and was awarded the 2019 Echoing Green Fellowship. Martin was selected as one of Forbes 30 under 30 in education and is currently an EDM candidate at Harvard's Graduate School of Education. Talking with Austin was really fascinating, so let's get to the interview. Austin Martin, welcome to the Music Ed Amplified podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm so thankful that you said yes. I had no idea because we don't know each other. I saw some snippets of your work, people raving about what you're doing. And right away, I thought I have to speak to him. And so I appreciate that. If you don't mind and at the risk of, you know, you probably have to say this 50 times a week, But for the listeners who don't have any context for what you do, can you and I'm going to explain it, you know, in the intro and stuff. Can you just give just a very brief overview of what you do with Rhymes with Reason?
1: Yeah. So I created and the primary creator and 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 the founder of Rhymes with Reason and Rhymes with Reason is an online learning platform that allows students to learn words and build literacy skills using music lyrics. Mm. Um, That's probably the kind of most succinct uh, description of it. And just to give an example that brings that to life, there are different sections of vocabulary and academic rigor that are on rhymes with reason. And like one section is called college prep. And in that section, students learn SAT words and words that prepare them for college entrance exams or that are words that are on college entrance exams, but they learn those SAT words or ACT words um, via the lyrics and songs of artists like Drake and J. Cole, because those artists actually have, are using SAT words often in their music. So in our program, they get to listen to that, the portion of the song where the artist says that word, and there's different activities that help drill down the words meaning, uh, how to kind of infer greater meaning around the word um, and things like that. So,
0: And what's your um, target age or is it quite broad?
1: Yeah, it's fourth grade through twelfth grade. Oh, good. I
0: just sneak in because I teach up to fourth grade. Oh great! And then college students. So <laughs> I got fourth grade.
1: Yeah, and we're expanding right now to include a second, uh, uh, a section for second through fourth as well.
0: Yay! That's good because developmentally, it's such an important yeah. uh, time. No so I'm thrilled to hear that. So, am I correct in my assumption that you know, for you, hip hop, rap, these things kind of loomed large in your formative years? And I'm going to guess still today so yeah is that that's correct
1: absolutely absolutely that was that was and is maybe the thing that I like love the most in in uh, well I'm not gonna say love the most in life <laughs> but
0: <laughs> it was it's, up there uh, kind
1: of yeah, yeah it's up there sure. it's up there it's yeah this thing that from age seven to 26 has been something that like has just been a, a gigantic part of my life, and something that, like, I just am incredibly passionate about.
0: And still, you know, today I was going to ask like how how has your relationship to that music evolved um, as you've gotten older? Not that you're that that old, but you know, yeah. you're getting older, so you know, a yeah. little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an interesting question. I think like nowadays, I still I still love it. I'm much more picky maybe than I used to be in terms of what I really enjoy. I would say that my palette in terms of music taste has expanded a lot uh, in my older years and the things that I'm kind of seeking from music have changed. You know, I'm really looking for, um, I've always loved lyrics and that's one of the reasons that Rhymes With Reason exists. That is maybe the primary reason that rhymes with the reason exists but i'm looking for different things out of lyrics now than i used to so i've always liked being educated via lyrics kind of and and learning about life learning about different parts of the country different experiences people's stories backgrounds i've always loved that that was always one of the kind of elements of hip-hop that i love the most but when i was younger i didn't know explicitly that yeah. I love that. Right. I I I just kind of gravitated to certain artists and certain songs and I didn't know like that's what attracted me to it. But now like I'm seeking out music and artists that motivate me and that mm-hmm. I can learn from and uh, I I can relate to. And I think knowing the things that I appreciate and knowing the things that motivate me and the things that I can relate to and that being the focus has expanded like the packages of kind of through which I like there might be a reggae song that touches on a certain emotion that I'm seeking Hmm. so I'll go over to reggae for that rather than just being in the box of hip-hop right or it might be R&B now I'm more targeted in terms of you know directly what I'm uh, seeking from from the music i would say which is ex- oddly enough even though it's more specific it has expanded the yeah the packages through which i want to enjoy that message or that emotion or that knowledge
0: wow that that's makes. so i mean it's so um it's so intentional uh yeah which i really appreciate and I have to admit i am not always i'm more <laughs> like can i move to it can it you know i that's just think true. that's, that's-
1: <laughs> That's an intention as well, yeah. You know? No, that's
0: true, that's true.
1: Like, in the sense of, yeah, just this song, yeah, makes I don't know, I just like it, may not even be lyrically that right, dense, but yeah. it's just like this makes me feel a certain way. I love instrumental music mm-hmm. too, you yeah. know. Um, so yeah,
0: that's interesting. You know, as you were talking, I'm thinking, uh, I often tell people, you know, when I was a kid and I grew up in South Florida, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I went to like over 200 concerts, right? I saw, I mean, now, I mean, I didn't know it then, but like I saw Michael Jackson, Madonna, you know, um, ACDC, like this vast array of performing artists. Um, For me, it was, it was so like this kind of, emotionally visceral thing music for me there was almost no none as like what you said a little bit like certainly no conscious like intellectual pursuit for me right right it right. just was like I love the way that sounds I love the I loved like pop music I loved hip-hop um I loved a lot of rock music nothing mm. like too over the top you know but it's funny now When I listen back um, to the music, I'm often really so impressed with the lyrics that I that I just completely took for granted. I think almost the opposite of what you were explaining when it comes to the lyrics. It was like it was an afterthought. And I would sit and like memorize the lyrics just so I could sing along with it. And then now it would, it would be like 20 years later. I'm like, Oh, like, listen to what they were saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's deep or that's not so deep. Like that's right. kind of right. silly. And then thinking about hip hop and rap and how to be honest, um dismissive. I have been about it for many years with yeah. really no context for saying that. Mm. Um So I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that it's so interesting to hear how the experience for you has been emotional and intellectual.
1: Yes. Wow. Right? Wow. Wow. That right there, what you just (laughs) said, that's the simplest way to describe why I love music, probably.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's those things. And... It's really physical, too, because it's doing things to your brain, which signals things to your body, right?
1: Yeah. So, I mean... But it's that perfect mix for me of emotional and intellectual. Mm. Um, And wow, that is such a revelation. (laughs) Because I think one of the reasons why Rhymes With Reason kind of came to be in the first place... Was that music connected with me so much more as an early child than academics did? Sure. And that what we just said, I think, is the reason why. Mm, It was both mix. Yes, the academic side was just intellectual. Mm. Um, The music was emotional and intellectual, and there's other things too. I think identity is mixed in for me for sure in terms of the music really speaking to my identity development and right. and um you know kind of culturally relating and things like that but i just think that that multidimensionality of music is what makes it so powerful mm-hmm. um you know and and why it's more Like, it it has more of a gravitational pull um, to it than, like, school sometimes does for a lot of kids. Sure.
0: Um, I I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. What was music class like for you when you were younger? Anything you can remember?
1: (sighs) It was nothing. um, It was pretty standard. Like, pretty straight and narrow Hmm. one thing about me though is interesting is my family I have a really strong musical background in my family
0: oh let's hear it I'm always interested in that
1: yeah my dad uh he's in his uh 60s now but he's been a a jazz musician since he was two or two or three he actually he used to be a professional drummer wow He was like a child, not like a super child star, but arguably child. He was on back in the day. You know how it's still a big deal to be on TV. But back when you were. No, it was a
0: huge deal then.
1: When you were like, he was like probably a kid in the 60s, 60s, because I'm in my
0: 50s and I was a kid in my 70s, in the 70s.
1: Yeah. So he was on TV being as like a like five year old, six year old drummer awesome um, he's played with a bunch of he's in a group of Michael Jackson's pianists great hey. wow um, that's amazing he, yeah so he's like uh, music was just a huge part of my life because of that I remember like being a little kid and actually being annoyed because my dad would be playing the drums like super loud in the house <laughs> And wow what a like, flip <laughs> yeah yeah but like you know when you're like five years old like the sound of like a cymbals and it's yeah. like a real abrasive sound sure. it's like a
0: lot of sensory overload
1: yeah 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 um and then his dad is a bass player really and his my grandfather's brother my uncle is a a drummer and mm. like uh you know they would i don't know i don't recall when i was really little like they play at church and right you know stuff like that and it's just like music has just been it's a part of my like dna as well so i say that to say even though in like school like the music stuff was pretty like basic yeah um i was kind of surrounded by it uh at home basically
0: yeah oh yeah because I mean, a big part of what we talk about on the podcast and just in the general conversation, I hope that's happening is a a kind of fundamental lack of connection um, between what's happening in a music class, in an elementary school, in a middle school, um, and what's happening in the lives of the students. Mm. Um, And so I think for a long time, many of us, you know, we've come from schools, where it's just kind of the supremacy of the Western canon. Yeah. And um, the Western canon is great. Love it. Uh, But what happened is we threw everything else away. Right. And there's no connection points for students. For Uh, sure. And so it kind of sounds like when you say that, it's interesting to talk to somebody who doesn't know I'm going to ask that kind of question (laughs) And they they're kind of giving that answer like it was what was school music like for you? I was like, meh.
1: so it 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 was like in school, it just didn't sound like anything that was I was exposed to at home. And in school, like that version of music didn't really attract me or it wasn't really interesting. It was like right. it's like the classic stuff, like the recorder. Remember they yeah. made everyone made listen. The
0: now watch it because I love the recorder, but I'm, but I get it.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying it's not for everybody. No, no, it's not for everybody.
0: For sure, I'm teasing but you. But they ahead. make
1: it for everybody.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think these are the things in in our profession that we're grappling with. You know, what is you know what is the purpose of it? And I think one thing that's great is that many practitioners are questioning the things that we didn't used to question. The things that were like everybody plays recorder in third grade, so we're going to do that. Now, I personally, I really like the recorder because I can connect it with students to, like, we can play things that come, and it's weird, but it's kind of funny for them, too, to play things that come from their music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's a point of entrance um, for, sure. for some other stuff. But you're exactly right. And this is, the problem is we have not, like, challenged the thinking yeah, yeah ever really. And we're starting to do it now. And trust me, not everybody's on board with it. But right, right. it kind of, it doesn't exactly lead into the next question, but it's on my mind. Yeah. Did you think to talk to other um, musicians and music teachers when you were doing this? Or was it, is the stress a lot on like classroom teachers, which is fine either way. I was just curious, like either as you were developing it, or even now as you roll it out or and are, are you employing talking it. about
1: Rhymes with Reasons? Yes, excuse
0: me, I'm sorry. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, no, not not really music teachers. Um, so basically, in, uh, one interesting way to uh, look at Rhymes with Reason as well is it's really it's built to be an English language arts uh, solution, right? A reading oriented solution again teaching vocabulary and all the um the the pedagogy and the way that rhymes with reason is built is aligned with like state standards and english language arts and things like that right so it is one way to look at this is that it's a way to sneak music into right people's language arts um i'm all about that yeah so (laughs) in that sense um, we've really worked more with English language arts um, teachers and l- like kind of thought leaders in that space um, and, and le- you know, leaders in, in, in the school structure that w- kind of govern that space um, more so than music teachers directly. Um, thus far because that's where it lives in terms of funding that's where it lives mm. in terms of rollout and implementation um, so yeah
0: yeah I mean I w- as I kind of thought of that question part of me initially was like well of course you should consult music teachers you did but then I think in the best way music is almost kind of utilitarian in this kind of in this context however and and i mean i think i think that you must be reshaping the narrative for what this music is to like those ela teachers right yeah many of them not all of them or even even half of them who you know maybe initially are like oh no i'm not Like that's not a part of my classroom because so in that way, you know, it's like the music suddenly becomes this really, of course, the music is always a vibrant part of it. But like I have to wonder how it's changing people's thinking, not the students, because they've always loved it if they've started loving it. But, you know, a teacher who's kind of like, you know, like me, white middle aged lady, you know, and you're like, okay, here's what you're going to use. I wonder how minds are changing
1: yeah it's a good it's a good question I think um I think that I think teachers are impressed um in the sense of like oh wow these I think it does change a little bit of their perception like I I I think that they do negatively stereotype not all teachers not all teachers but some teachers and negatively stereotype hip-hop to some extent and the the way that they ne- i mean they i think some negatively stereotype it um in a lot of ways but one way that they might is thinking that it's not as intellectual as sure
0: it right i mean that's I, think, I don't know how you can deny it once you start to do even when i just watched just snippets of what you were doing you know it's like that's got to blow a teacher away you would hope but then again a lot of things i hope for don't
1: come true so but like but that's one thing that we we have heard is just like wow i and i didn't know that i i just i just didn't know that this it was like this you know i didn't know that there was this level of um you know intellectualism and specifically kind of uh vocabulary mastery that existed in this music that these kids listen to every day because i think that the marketed narrative of certain music and made by people who come from certain backgrounds like i think um you know the media shows only kind of one side and right and um uh, you know that that's the way that a lot of people experience this and digest it unless you're like really in tune with what what's going on so i can the point that i'm making is that i can understand why some people's perception is the way it is based on the way that it's um covered in media and talked about in pop culture and things like that sometimes but um yeah this this hopefully can show a different side i think that is uh and 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 in showing this this uncovers more of i think the truth you know
0: right i i was going to ask you know why or first of all if you think you know the music that you're using is mm. more kind of cerebral than other popular forms of music but i don't know that's probably been like discussed ad nauseum sure. uh, we're not used to having that conversation in music education but yeah. like um if there's well, anything can, yeah go ahead
1: one thing i can say is that in terms of vocabulary density and like level of uh, vocabulary um hip-hop would be the the highest mm-hmm. um in terms of unique words used and and Just like the most vocab-rich genre of music that there is. Again, now, intellectual, it can mean a lot of different... Like Vocab is only one uh, portion of what you consider to be intellectual. Um, You know, there are a lot of people that would say, you know, jazz is the most intellectual uh, type of music. And there's no words.
0: Right, right.
1: (laughs) In jazz. You know, I think... I don't... Don't quote me on this, but... (laughs) I, I'm pretty sure there's some stats about, you know, jazz and IQ and hmm. and things like that. And, um, you know, there being some sort of correlation with, you know, like those that are really proficient in jazz and, and IQ. So, again, like um, this is a this is a, a, a subject uh, subjective thing. Right. It's a broad um,
0: thing to say intellectual.
1: Broad, yes, yes. yeah. But yeah. by the metric of vocabulary, uh, hip hop is in the lead for sure.
0: And and why is that? Is it just because it's so textually like the text, the lyrics are the engine of of what's going on? Because, I mean, any musician in a band or, you know, group would say, oh, the lyrics are very important to us. I mean, I can't imagine too many who would be like, oh, lyrics. Yeah, that's kind of an afterthought. For
1: us yeah i there's a lot of reasons i think number one just yeah on the, on the surface like rapping is uh like you're fitting more words and lines yeah
0: it's just more
1: <laughs> bars into right. a song than in ballads um period yeah um i think that's one i think just the tradition of rapping and it's like of hip-hop and it's kind of veering a tiny bit away from this but it's not not all the way like veered away but the tradition of hip-hop um and what was valued uh is valued uh not maybe as much as it used to be before but what has been traditionally valued historically in hip-hop is write like you being the author like in other uh genres of music collaborative writing is way more celebrated right it's like there'll be you know like in pop and i don't i don't know about country uh but like in pop and other like you know these some of the greatest icons like it it's they didn't write their somebody else
0: wrote their stuff
1: somebody else wrote their stuff It's not and no one, there's nothing wrong, like no, there's no negative, they're not knocked for that. That's not even like no one cares. Well, it's not
0: even it's not even touched on. Like your assumption is not even
1: mentioned. In hip hop, what is known and valued at the high at as the most valuable Mm -hmm. is you being the author of your songs. So you telling your stories the best you being the most witty with your word wordplay and using words the best mm-hmm. and you being the author so if we found out that jay-z like didn't write his lyrics or Correct. something like that or if tupac we found out that tupac wasn't the primary author of his lyrics uh or notorious big or something like that like that would that would uh i'm not gonna say that would ruin the the, them but that would greatly devalue their legacy because their legacy is tied to how poignant their authorship uh is so that's another reason i'm again i kind of went on a tangent but no it's great part of the reason of why hip-hop and uh literary arts and and words and writing and vocabulary and storytelling why it's the genre i feel that reflects the the value of literary arts um the most um maybe compared to others in my opinion um yeah so that that that, yeah, that, that that's, would be
0: that's yeah. really fascinating and i think i'm not I only know a little bit of, like, about, well, about any genre of music. I'm not this is like, admission of music teacher. I'm not always, like, so well-versed on kind of the origin story. But my feeling about, like, maybe just what I kind of envision for, like, rap music in particular is, you know, after hundreds of years of things being taken from them uh black people writing mm-hmm. these lyrics this is my story
1: no question that's a big i'm part.
0: telling my story and that's why it's not even a consideration of like no let's question. work together like
1: no question that's a big that's a big part of the i think the historical context mm-hmm. um for sure of of hip-hop um Yeah, no question about it.
0: This is just a pragmatic question. Yeah. This happens all the time. Yeah. And this and of course, I'm laughing because I'm like, I'm probably talking to the person who's maybe way more aware of this challenge than music teachers are. How are you working with a genre that has a lot of bad words? in it? How do you work around that or not around it? How do you work with it?
1: Yeah, so I would say around it, actually, because with our in our program, we only spotlight vocabulary um, that's used in the con where, where there's not where it's not used in the same lyric or the same bars as curse words are used. So you'll never hear a line or a lyric in our program. Um that has curse words in it. Um and uh has that been like difficult? The, like no, no.
0: Okay, because I need to learn how to look better. Because well, like we actually built going. a
1: machine as well. We built a machine that a search engine basically where it won't give us results that have curse words nearby the target vocabulary word.
0: Could I rent that machine from you for a week or two? <laughs> All right. So anyway, that was just curiosity. Um, Well, I don't know if we kind of, well, no, I'll ask it like this. Why do you think it's important uh, for teachers from the dominant culture to reframe their thinking? And like, so this is a little bit different because it's not exactly rhymes with reason. Sure. But I'm talking to you as a consumer, of this music and a person who's obviously given a great amount of thought, you know, and certainly interacted with the music a lot. Why is it important for these teachers to reframe this thinking and intentionally look for ways, right, where they can not just include, but, like, celebrate the kind of home culture of the students who are sitting in front of them? Why, for you as a person who has gone through, you know, education is now working in education and with educators. Why is giving an authentic point of like connection, engagement and engagement in the classroom so imperative for students, do you think?
1: Um, I mean, it's like so, the most simple way to explain it is like just, just think back to when you were a student, right? Um, Think about what it would have been like if what you liked and what you identified with could have been a part of your academic experience, how much better it would have been for you, how much better, how much more confident you would have been as a as a person how much I'm maybe more successful maybe in terms of um feeling intrinsic motivation
0: yeah
1: um you you might have been and and what i would say is as well as like america also looks different now than it than it probably did or than it did a generation ago sure just to be really really frank yeah um in 2020 uh, 2020 marked the first year where america became 51% well the um um i think the population under 18 um is 51% minority yeah. or over 50% minority or maybe uh, now
0: called majority
1: so because i i'm now.
0: no math genius but 51 <laughs>
1: Yeah, right. So um connecting and that's one thing about music and, and is that it's actually it's it is more of a I think more of a an equal, equitable picture of what the world actually looks like in terms of um you know like just all these different types of music, all these different types of artists that we consume, all these different backgrounds, that actually is more reflective of, I think, the America, the world, um, than like our education system is. Yeah. So I think kind of, you know, utilizing the in, innate diversity of uh, that's inherent within music um to accommodate this growth of diversity that's happened in America is happening in America i think um mm-hmm. that's um an important thing to consider
0: yeah i think it's so interesting as you're saying that and let me say it so i know that i'm understanding you correctly so what you're saying is our actual musics, right? Like the music that's going on is more reflective of the actual diversity that exists than what we see happening in education right now, where we're still kind of holding up these, um, former paradigms. Correct. And I, um, at the end of last season, um, I have a friend who teaches music history which has been a pretty, you know, like definite like white guy um holding up the western european dead white guy stuff music stronghold for a long time and I was encouraged when I talked to him at least but he's saying that it's getting better in the music history. You know, cuz the music historians, you know, they're the ones teaching performing musicians music educators, um so what they do is really important, right? So if Absolutely. if they so here's what I'm trying to say. When I was going through school, it was this is what's the best. I didn't question it. My immediate response was the music that I love, right? So Earth Wind and Fire, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, whoever, you know, Genesis, all these groups, that's something lesser Mm. to put to the side. And this is something I've talked about on the podcast and has had a lot of reaction from musicians who Mm. were like, "Um, yes, also me. (laughs) That happened. And so uh, when I started studying and I started studying classical music because that's what you do in music school, uh, in many music schools, immediately it was like, okay, This is my, I mean, it wasn't quite so simple. This is my fun music. Mm. And this is who I'm supposed to be. And I do really love classical music. I've come to appreciate it. But I really started to change, or tried (laughs) to change, who I thought I was supposed to be as a musician. Mm. And that, of course, translates to the classroom. Because once I start teaching kids, what am I going to teach them? Here's what is the best, everyone. And here's who told me wow. that.
1: Right? That's so fascinating. It's, Isn't it? It's, it's, that's it's our so problem.
0: That's what it's we're so going It's fascinating through.
1: because I think to my upbringing at home and like Stevie Wonder and, and Michael Jackson were seen. That was genius level right right that was that was like that that was Beethoven right those
0: were that was your Bach Beethoven and Brahms yeah yeah
1: like (laughs) you know and and I still think of it that way you know just thinking of even I mean both I'm I'm a a huge I'm a huge Michael Jack. like I listen to Michael Jackson probably more than Stevie Wonder but when I think of Stevie Wonder particularly just thinking of this this blind man right? that like, how is that? That is, that's so that I can't think of anything more genius. Mm -hmm. I I can't think of any, I can't think of anything, um, you know, more, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's more amazing. (laughs) Yeah. More amazing. Right. But that's
0: not what we're taught. That's not that's what we're
1: talking That's unbelievable. Yeah.
0: That's well, and I'm talking, and I know there might be people listening who are freaking out because like, oh, but no, I, I,
1: yeah. I appreciate what you're saying because you're acknowledging the reality.
0: Yeah. That's what it is. And that is a great um, percentage of music programs in the United States. It's just, that's what it is. So if you're out there, people listening, and you're like, it's not like that. Like maybe you're at Berkeley Right. You're in Boston and you're in Berkeley. That's an outlier. That's just the truth. Um, Now, I hope it's as my friend who teaches uh, music history, like I was saying, you know, they are changing. And hopefully what I'm perceiving is maybe just stuck from when I was in school. But I do talk to a lot of young, you know, music teachers and musicians. And we're still doing this. This is the Mm. epitome. So if this is the epitome, you know, and this was me. If you listen to my podcast, even from three years ago, I'll say things like, I don't need to teach kids about music that they're listening to because they've got an overabundance of that. I need to teach them what's best. Right. And you just feel that like that white supremacy dripping off my tongue as Mm. I say it. But I didn't know because that's what they told me. And uh, I yeah. just bought into it, like, okay, this is the best, and it does seem pretty good, you know. Uh, yeah. And I remember saying to one of my teachers, my one of my professors, like, I don't know how to reconcile these two things. Like, am I is this like my um my reality TV show versus me going to see Shakespeare? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I hide this part of who I am, um, and I try to. M- prop up this part of what i think mm-hmm. i'm supposed to be so i've talked about it on the podcast when i've said you know i have a lot of voice problems and i am now convinced it's because i spent years trying to fit my voice into something it was never built to be mm. and i just think that's an analog for like this kind of odyssey that people go on it's like you and I don't mean to say there's no merit in studying classical music. There's no, you know, it's I'm not saying throw it all out. What I'm saying is we need to really sure. push back against this assumption. And yeah, so sure. anyway, you, listen, you're not, I'm not blaming you. So why am I getting on <laughs> my soapbox? <laughs> but it's so interesting to talk to you. You know, you have no context for like this whole thing that's going on in music ed. But you're right. You know, like if you're in a place where you rightly see the genius. Yeah. In multiple genres. Oh, yeah. That's different than how I came through. I just came through where this is a lesser thing. This is a better thing. Wow. So focus on this and all that other stuff, you know. People are just going to listen to that anyway. So we don't need to right. waste time talking about it. That's how I used to think. Like, why do I need to prop up pop music if that's all their kids are surrounded by? But it never occurred to me to switch the way I thought. Mm. It was, and this is kind of privilege and supremacy.
1: Mm. I
0: have something amazing to offer you, all my wonderful knowledge and dominant culture, <laughs> right? It's
1: like, no. Yeah. Oh. right, right, right. So like, this is the right way, right. Like, this is- there
0: is a right way. And I know what it is. And now I am telling you, instead of building, this is my thing in the past year, m- making connection, connection mm-hmm. between students, students and their families, students and their cultures, students and me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. how much more powerful, that learning becomes you know as that learning is personalized
1: no question it's funny because in art in music it's like that's like one of the places where there should be less of a presence of a right way you would think (laughs) you would think right it's art it's it's uh it
0: it's subjective (laughs) yeah
1: the, the, the rule the rule is that there's no rules. Right, like, I mean, right. You know what I mean? Not maybe not to that extreme, but you know what I'm saying? It's it it's, certainly it's... should be
0: more like that than yes. it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> for many yeah, of yeah. us.
0: And it's so interesting for me to like even see people can't see your face, but like I can see where it's like you're kind of like, wow, is this something that people actually think? And I'm like, oh, yes. And we're the ones teaching thousands and thousands of wow. students coming through you know i'm here to to like disperse what's best but you have to see that you have to see that in education too oh absolutely so it's just that's our parallel in music yeah
1: yeah no i guess the the somewhat of the surprise for me is like i i know it and i expect it in education because the education but of course, this is music education that
0: exactly, we're about.
1: exactly. You know, so it makes sense. Um, Maybe you I just guess.
0: hoped <laughs> like it wasn't yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's kind of that's a, that kind of is how you look. You have that look of just like, well, that <laughs>
1: sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but
0: the good news is, uh, you know, it's changing. Yeah. And with younger teachers coming in, and then old teachers like me finally waking up, I'm hoping, like, you know, that momentum can start to build. Whoa, what a tangent. I <laughs> We just went all the way. Okay, so let me ask this. Yes. Two things. You've been doing Rhymes with Reason for th- three years, four
1: years? Yeah, three and a half.
0: So, yeah. But first of all, have there been... Things that you didn't predict. I mean, I know there have been. But, like, anything that really stands out to you that's worth mentioning. You know, surprises along the way. And what's the anecdotal feedback that you're getting? Either one of those or both of those.
1: Yeah, I've yeah. Um, hmm. Things I didn't predict.
0: Like, here, let me say it this way. In my mind, and this is my wonderfully insightful thing it's like you're sitting at home and you're like wait a second there's a lot of you know great things that this could you know this music can help kids prepare for the sats and Mm -hmm. you know so i'm gonna start teaching it and then they're gonna do better on tests and then that's the end of it
1: yeah (laughs) in my very
0: limited vision of what you're actually doing every day what had you envisioned is it just that it's happening is is it happening and then some
1: yeah um well I would say that one thing that's been a surprise uh is how much if you create the best if you even if you create something that's perfect for students that does the best job possible of Engaging and making students interested, and even helping students learn. Right. That does not mean that it's going to get purchased by schools.
0: Yes, schools are the worst.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> I can
0: say that. You can't say it. Yeah. Districts.
1: You really have to please and make mm. it easy, and 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 satisfy, and add value to. Mm teachers, principals, districts, and
0: superintendents, yeah, yeah, boards even, of eds.
1: Right. Oh. Even if your solution perfectly satisfies the students. So that's been a big learning lesson uh, for sure. I would say that is near the top of the list. And then the second, yeah, one of the best pieces of feedback that we get quite often is that like one of the ways that this program is described and kind of the impact and the power of it that teachers describe and people that use it describe as like teachers say, our kids love this, and they're so like um they're so like kind of wowed by it because if they're doing something that's helping them, but they feel like they're getting away with something. Right. Like they feel like it's like too good to be true.
0: Right. Somebody's going to come take it away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that they can listen to their favorite music in school and that that's actually helping them with their homework and with their assignments and helping them grow as learners. And like, this is actually being assigned to them like that, like, you know, there are some artists that they listen to on Spotify is, like, a part of their grade. Right. Like, they're, like... They... I. That's one of my favorite things to hear and something that we hear quite often. Um, So I love that. It's, like... I don't know what the word or phrase is to describe what I'm, like, explaining. The, that dynamic. But I think that's, like, really powerful to hear.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is... I, maybe because I'm I'm working on this presentation that I'm giving about like how do we foster belonging in the music in a music classroom you know how do we build yeah. this culture of every student feels like music is for me this music yeah. class is something I want to kind of invest myself in as opposed to I'm just kind of here because they're forcing me
1: exactly. <laughs> to be
0: here and I think like If I could get kids to feel that way, that, like, that was – you know, the bottom line for me is when I hear students simply say, that was so much fun, Dr. Strong, I really do. And every teacher I ever say that to is, like, that's the gold standard. Like, if you Mm -hmm. have a kid leaving your classroom and just, like, that was fun. Can we do that again? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, With a second grader. You know you've hit something. Yeah. Every day that I can get that response, I know that they have connected with what they experienced, and it sounds like, you know, you're doing it in a way that, like, when I heard what you were doing, at first I'm like, it's just genius. Like, it's that kind of thing. It's like, why didn't somebody think of this before, <laughs> right? Because it's exactly what you said. It's like I love this, and we're doing it in school. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And also, you know, begs the question why should a kid be so surprised? Right. They're doing something that they love in school. And I'll just keep saying, we need to do better by these kids.
1: No question. No question. And so,
0: one last question. Sure. I don't know that there is anything besides just promoting, you know, your work and stuff, but is there anything else we can do? Like to help get this into more schools, more districts. What Do you have any Mm -hmm. ideas for me as I encourage people or teachers listening now? Should we go talk to our principals? Should we?
1: Definitely. That's one thing. uh, Talking to your principals. Um, I, I... By the way, yeah, the website is (laughs) www.rodegrees.com. If you want to send it to them, you know, electronically, Um, teachers can utilize a free trial on our website as well. Mm. Um, So, yeah, just plug this with your principals and um, those that kind of head up the like decision making process in terms of programming in your school or district. Um, and share it that way, um, and yeah, tell your friends about it. Right? Um, uh, yeah, tell tell your friends about it. Tell uh, other people in in your field about it if it if you think it's something that they'd be interested in, and just spread the word. Um, yeah, because I think we're we're really just trying to meet kids where they are and deliver them an experience that we all wish that we maybe yes. would have had, right? So. Yeah.
0: Um, and I'm trying to think, yeah. like, I'll have to check it out. I mean, I have to think that it's something like when we're doing. Um, I have like units on hip hop, kind of that I've been developing, I feel very out of my league, but I'm trying. But we do have some, you know, great leaders in the field. Um who are talking about using hip hop in the music ed classroom. So Franklin Willis and a lot of people. Um, who not a lot of people, some very great people. Hopefully lots more to come. But I wonder if, you know, we could use it as music teachers because you know, just flipping the,
1: the I would love to I would love I would love to see how that goes. Yeah. And and kind of get some feedback. And yeah, you guys I would just sign up for the free trial yeah. and um, I would love that to kind of and yeah, like to to hear and you can email our, us off of our website and let us know how you're using it. Yeah, because um, I could see
0: music teachers saying, because we're always getting this like push to like, oh, literacy, literacy. So, you know, it'd be yeah. so funny to like, well, here's the perfect program yeah. for that because I- we can actually talk about the musical elements of hip hop and say, and look what we're doing. We're teaching them this very rich vocabulary, using it in context, you improvising with it.
1: Wow. I didn't know that there was like a literacy push. Among oh yes. Teachers.
0: Well, there's a literacy push everywhere. And yeah, right, a right, lot right. of times, uh, to be honest, the, the specialists, the art teacher, the music teacher, the gym teacher, we not, uh, I'll say it, as it is we resent it because it's kind of the implication is we're this like handmaiden to what they need us to do. You know what I mean? But meaning I'm here to teach music,
1: right? Yeah. But when you can
0: do it like this in such an authentic, organic way where Mm -hmm. it's like one of the, one of the most important parts of hip hop and rap music are the lyrics. Yep. And so if you just happen to get more literate because I'm (laughs) doing that, I'll take it because yes. if I can have a really authentic experience with students that is helping them musically, right? And with their um their language development, it is just a double win. <laughs> it's just just okay. So, I'm going to look into that and okay. talk to my friends about it. Okay. And <laughs> of course, on the page for you know, the podcast episode, uh, we're going to share a bunch, you know, of ways of people, you know, to contact you, to follow you, to follow the work. Um, and I just appreciate you being here.
1: Oh, no, thank you for having me. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, it's an honor, um, to be able to have this platform and to speak with you. So, Thank you um, oh my for, gosh. for having me. Yeah.
0: Well, I just wish you all the best and I am thankful for your work. Thank you. It, I'm imagining it is exhausting yeah. work, but it's you are doing.
1: I love it. I you love are it.
0: doing a good work and an important work. So I thank you and the people who are helping you. Yes. And I will do my best to. Uh, tell other people to get on the stick and look into this amazing program and platform.
1: Well, thank you. I I really appreciate it once again. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is, this is awesome. And it's great to meet you as well. So I appreciate it.
0: Same. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Is it me? Or was that conversation really thought-provoking? I can't stop thinking about a few things, but one of them was when Austin asked the question, what would school have been like for us if something we loved was an intrinsic part of the experience? I absolutely love talking to Austin, not just because he is a really innovative, brilliant, thoughtful young man, but because it was fascinating for me to hear his perspective as a, quote, lay person, albeit a very musical one, On the issues that we are facing in music education. He certainly has me thinking about the recorder again. (laughs) I would love for all of you to go to his website, rhymeswithreason.com, and get that free trial and use it with students. If you do that, please let me or Austin know your feedback, especially if you think it's something that has great potential for the music classroom. Remember to also look at the episode website for more ways to follow the work that Rhymes with Reason is doing. Austin, thank you again for such a great conversation. Before I go, I want to give a shout out and a huge thank you to the newest Buy Me a Coffee, but really tea, supporters over at my page, buymeacoffee.com slash Missy Strong. I hope you were able to use some of the resources and graphics I've shared so far and I look forward to scheduling our first Members Only Spill the Tea Party soon. We've had 20 new members in just the past two weeks, and here they are. At the Earl Grey level, Tina A, Heidi S, Kirsten M, Stephanie K, Megan B, Andrea N, Ali G, and Mary B. And at our super fancy afternoon tea level, Rana G. Jessica N, Kathleen I, Shannon M, Hallie S, Elsa W, Christine B.T, Melissa B, James C, Keely C, Eileen O, and Anna E. I am so thrilled that we now have 102 followers, 86 supporters, and 77 members supporting the work of the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For questions about the podcast or to find out about the courses I will be teaching in the coming year, write to docstrong at gmail.com or reach out to Music Ed with Missy on Facebook or Instagram or on Twitter at docstrong26. Our podcast music was composed and performed by Jeremy and Owen Strong. Jeremy also serves as the audio engineer and editor for the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, would you please subscribe and rate it wherever you listen? This is the single best way for us to get the word out. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I know you're busy and life is demanding a lot from you. I hope it was worthwhile and that you're motivated to reflect on your philosophy and practice. I'll see you next time, but until then, keep doing all you can to create a more musical, joyful, thoughtful, just world for your students, families, and community.